The following is produced by Artisan Church. Welcome to the Artisan Church Podcast, a weekly broadcast of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. To learn more about Artisan Church or to support the ministry, visit www.artisanchurch.com. Welcome, everybody, to the gallery. I had to look on a piece of paper to see where we were. I was wondering, how many in the room is this your first ever artisan gallery? Look around. See those hands waving? That is, Abel, you're a liar. (laughs) You've been to one before. That is pretty cool. Now, now I want you to um, look around you and see if there's, if you can see anybody in the room that you've never met before, raise your hand. Or if you just met them tonight, that counts too. <laughs> I see pretty much every hand in the room was up for a second there. And I think that is really cool to think about because if you are here, it probably means that you're pretty well connected to this community of faith. It, doesn't, it means you're probably not somebody who just came once and now you're here. If you did, that's great. But I don't, looking around, I don't think that's the case. What, that has, what that's illustrating to me is that we're continuing to grow as a church family using these two services that meet at different times. And so we're growing as one community, but we've got these two little sub-bodies. And so you now look around and see people that you've never met before, and yet they're still just as much a part of your church as you are. Is that cool or what? So one of the things that we want to do tonight is just celebrate the great stuff that's going going on here at Artisan. And uh, one of the things that we can celebrate, certainly, is the way that morning service, which is still kind of the new one, if you go only to the morning service and have ever only gone to the morning service, it seems like all you've known. But for those of us who are old-time artisans, that's the new one. And yet it's grown by leaps and bounds, and and as a consequence, our community has grown uh, by leaps and bounds. Now, what does that mean? It means we get to write a higher number on the bulletin attendance chart, right? Which is what it's all about, of course. No. No, of course it's not about the number on the bulletin chart. Though, as we often say, those numbers do represent um, souls that Jesus wants to know <laughs> and know better. Um, but because of, partly because of the fact that we've just grown and reached out to more and more people, we have seen in the past six months more people committing their lives to follow Jesus for the first time than probably in our entire life as a church to that, to a, to that point six months or so ago. Um, it's pretty close, if not that many. So, um, you know, in the past, when, for example, when we had uh, ministry reviews with our denomination's church planting coach, Larry Sherman, our, our conference coach, one of the things he would say to us is, you're doing a lot of good stuff, but I'm not seeing a whole lot of people committing their lives to follow Jesus. And you might want to consider getting in the business of helping people commit their lives to follow Jesus. And so um, that's, of course, what we're about as a church. We want to help people encounter God in the way of Jesus. It's part of our mission statement, right? And so we've seen that happen in the past several months, and we're really excited about that. 
And that's in addition to what, something that we've always been pretty good at, which is finding those troubled souls out there who, who know Jesus but don't really care very much about being around anybody else who knows Jesus, <laughs> uh, let alone a, a church, you know, a building shaped like this. And so we're, we're continuing to do a good job connecting those people uh, with a community of faith. And so we're very excited about that. Now, this is not to say that we're perfect and we haven't screwed up a thing here or there and it doesn't mean that we don't have lots of room for growth in many areas, but, you know, we want to celebrate some of that great stuff that's happening here. Um, another great thing that's happening here that many of you in this room are involved in is our Financial Peace University class. And now, those of you who are not involved with this are sick to death of hearing us talk about it, but you're going to have to get over it for just a couple of minutes, because what we've seen in that is literally dozens of people deciding to change their financial lives. And what does that mean? Well, it means that they're in a better place, but certainly life is not all about how much money you have in the bank or how much money you owe. But the problem with, with not caring about it at all is that you can't really do anything good for Jesus if you are tied to um, Sally Mae or uh, MasterCard or Bank of America or whoever it is. You know, um, Jesus will use you, but your options are limited about how far away from home you can go, what type of work you can and can't do for the good of the kingdom of God. So that's the way I look at it, that dozens of people literally have decided to to change their financial lives, and, and my family is one of them, and I didn't think I was really awful at it before, but I know I'm a lot better at it now than I was four months ago. Um, and the other reason that that, is, that that class is great is because we now have, is it three or four family units connected to Artisan Church and potentially, therefore, finding a way to connect to Jesus who had never, never walked through those doors until this class started. We've got a good handful of people who have come to Artisan just for this reason, and that's a great outreach tool as well. So we're excited about that. And with, with that in mind, you, you guys know um, if you uh, have taken the course, and, so, and even if you haven't, you've probably heard me talk about something that I've, my family is doing now. We, uh, we have switched our budget system to a cash envelope system. And that's one of the things that this guy recommends, and it really has made a huge difference in my financial life. So the idea is instead of just swiping your debit card at the grocery store and and adding it up or subtracting it later, you have a cash, an envelope full of cash at the beginning of the month, and you take that cash to the grocery store. And when you run out of cash, you can't buy any food anymore unless you take money out of your entertainment envelope or something like that. It's been a fantastic way uh, to do that. And it gets you off using the plastic all the time. So even if you're not using credit cards, we know that debit cards tend to make us spend more when we use them. So in the past, when we've wanted to recognize somebody here at Artisan for being awesome, we have used uh, plastic. We've gotten a little plastic gift card that, you know, to Wegmans or something like that to, uh, to just kind of recognize the awesome stuff that they've done. Uh, well, this month we're doing a little bit different. As you can see, I've got my awesome envelope here. And there's a person um, in the room here tonight who's been awesome lately. And instead of giving that person a piece of plastic, we're going to give him some cold, hard cash, okay? <laughs> and so this is a person who um, has served the community in a bunch of different ways lately. One of the things that, that this person did was take some computers that were donated to us but were not really ready for use and get them into working order so that we can run them through our tech loft and in other places. This person has also uh, recently become even more active 
in one of the artisan bands, and you're starting to guess who it is, maybe. And one thing that you may not have noticed, even if you can guess who the person is, you may not have noticed that, that he is like this. I have noticed him actually in the Financial Peace University class doing a really great job facilitating discussions with people because we do these little breakout things, and he's been really awesome at that, and it's a talent that I didn't know he had. It's an awesome talent, uh, and I intend to exploit it in the coming months and years. Um, but he's done a great job with that, and he's also been really helpful to one of the other families in the, in the uh, class going the extra mile and working with them. So I hope that you will join me in, in uh, applauding as I hand cold, hard cash to our friend Matt Kampschmidt. <laughs> now here's the rule. You have to use this money for something awesome. <laughs> because you've been awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. And so in a minute, I'm going to turn this mic over to um, Jason. You come next. Yeah, actually, I think he's going to use the one of the other mics, but I'll turn the stage over to him. But before we do that, I just want to take a moment and pray uh, as a community. And we want to thank God for the great stuff that he's done in our midst and uh, ask for his continued blessing and presence with us as we go on to things that are some, in some ways even more daunting and more challenging because we are not the type of community that sits on its laurels, um, <laughs> right? So, um, let's see. Did you have something you wanted to share with the rest of the class? Well, you can't talk about laurels in church. <laughs> uh, I'll switch my topic. <laughs> Laurels for Sunday. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's do it this way. I'm going to give a 15-second count when I say go. If somebody would like to come and lead us in prayer, that would be great. And if not, then I'll just do it. Is that okay? So you've got 15 seconds starting now. Yeah. All right. Thank you. What am I praying for again? Just, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Father, we just are grateful um, to be together and that you, you've de designed a plan to bring us together, um, that we're all supposed to be here. Um, and I just ask your blessing over this church, um, over your people. And uh, we love you. And we're just so so grateful that uh, we can serve you and, and be a part of your life. Amen. Cool. Well, uh, always good to celebrate what God's been doing. And for those who have been here uh, you know, for, for more than a year, you recognize how uh, you know, we are heading into our, our fall season here. And just like TV networks of old, <laughs> that's how we roll out all our new shows, with the chance of mid-season replacements always in the wings. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but fall is a time of, uh, it's kind of odd, you know, spring is when things grow. You know, kind of around here, I don't know if it's when we grow or harvest or it all gets mixed up, but fall is this special window of opportunity we found in, uh, in the lives of, of our friends, our neighbors, our classmates, uh, our family members, where their head sort of clears for a little moment, and things that may go on in the context of a church community uh, they're a little more willing to check out. For whatever reason, that's just been a trend. And so and we've always made it a, our point to, uh, to take advantage of that, to, to meet people where they are, and to use the fall as a time to really do some outreach. Now, you can't give what you don't have. And in the past, we've certainly been guilty of really pushing hard and not taking care of the reserves. And so, you know, at least the last year or so, last couple of years, we've sort of talked about how this time of year, heading towards the fall, is sort of a deep breath, where we just breathe deeply God's spirit, we kind of get ourselves ready. Uh, and so the way we're going to do it this year is by, uh, by going back to our roots. We have so many new folks here that... We forget that we used to hammer this stuff, you know, our mission, our vision, our values. People could rattle them off, and it was everywhere. And, and really, again, if the morning service is the only service you've ever been to, there's a chance you've been here less than a year. Uh, you could have come away the evening. It may have been so long, you've kind of forgotten some of what inspired God to have us plant, start, and stick with this thing uh, now going into four years. And so what we want to do, before we start giving and pushing ourselves, make sure we're being fed uh, by God's Spirit and recentering ourselves. So uh, what we're going to do is a series uh, starting in three weeks, three Sundays, when we're done this What You Can't Talk About series, uh, that is going to look at what it means to be artisan, being artisan, you know, why we do what we do. Notice there's both a being word and a doing word there. We don't kind of choose a false dichotomy. You got to be something to do something. You probably have to do something to be something. You know, I am somebody, I don't know. So here's what we're going to do. The purpose of this is just to recenter on God's mission and vision for Artisan. And the way this is going to work is kind of interesting. Both the the messages themselves, but also how we do it, is another way of returning to our roots. So the first one we're going to kick off that uh, Pastor Mike is spearheading has already gathered kind of a cool team of of folks who've done this before and some new folks. We're going to do an immersed style. Which, if you haven't been to one of those because it's been off a Sunday, maybe, you should, you should catch this. It's more interactive. It's self-directed. There's stations. Uh, um, very cool way of engaging uh, in worship. And very fittingly, it's going to go with our Encounter God. So as Scott hinted at, you know, Encounter God. Then the second week, August 30th, is going to be about embracing people. That's the second part of our, our mission statement. Uh, our vision. And that one's going to be relatively standard service, which we do, you know, probably 40 weeks out of the year. You know, lots of music, phenomenal preaching, I hear. Uh, and uh, response, all those things. We're going to talk about, in particular, what it means to, to do outreach, and even that kind of queasy E-word evangelism, in a way that fits artisan, uh, and that meets people where they are, sees them Take that one step closer to Christ. And then we're going to finish up uh, with the engaged culture piece. And the way this all is wrapped is with that very important last phrase. Encounter God, embrace people, and engage culture in the way of Jesus. There's a lot of ways to encounter God. 
there's a lot of ways to embrace people. Uh, and there's several ways to engage culture that could leave off that last little bit. Uh, we want to always make sure that's there. And for that one, uh, you've had a little taste of this during the What You Can't Talk About series, but it'll be more discussion-based. I believe that's on Labor Day weekend, so it'll probably lend itself to that. Don't miss that because it's not a standard message or not an immersed. Or You should try to catch all three of these. Uh, and the thinking is that if we spend some time returning to our roots, uh, being fed spiritually, then we'll be in a better place to then serve and be a blessing during what is, we'll admit right up front, a fairly high bandwidth, high octane time of year, September uh, through beginning of November. All right? So, any questions on this before I, I move to the next little piece? Just on what we're doing to kind of get ourselves ready spiritually, um, mission and vision that God's called us to as a church. Any quick thoughts or questions before I travel ahead? Go ahead, Janine. You know, really it depends on the, on the person. This is what's so cool about how artisan works. I can imagine those, it'd be much better for them to come to the immersed first, where it's self-directed, it's kind of a little bit weird and non-traditional, and if they're weird and non-traditional, which a lot of you guys already are, and I'm sure your friends even more so, um, that may be the, the best starting point for them. If they have a, somewhat of a church background, they're not sort of anti-establishmentarianism when it comes to that, then it may make more sense to bring them to, uh, to, the, to the second one, where it'll be what you normally experience 40 weeks out of a year here. That's what we'll do the second week. And then the last week, if it's someone that really enjoys some dialogue, has always maybe felt like they weren't allowed to ask questions or, or even share their own thoughts, feelings, answers in a church or religious setting, that may make sense there. So honestly, it depends on your friend. And you should ha- either know them well enough to know which one would be best or just pray hard enough that God will fix it no matter what you do. And probably both those. Um, that's a great question, though. Um, does that answer it? Yeah. All right. Anyone else on, on this upcoming stuff? Cool. Anyone? All right. Well, after that is, uh, is, what, is our college outreach season. This is somewhat unique to Artisan. And again, this somewhat goes back to our roots. Um, you may catch this theme. In fact, what Mike will talk about later some of the things we're trying to do is recapture some things that as we grow, as God blesses us with growth, there are things we used to be able to do effortlessly and naturally that because of size and scope, we have to be far more intentional about. And we were even talking in staff meeting yesterday. You can't, you can't go back because the act of going backwards is actually a different path than how you got to that place in the, the first way. So there's no going back. There's only going forward. And you can either leave stuff behind or you can bring it with you in new ways. And one of the things that, from the start, even before Artisan Church was Artisan Church, when it was two different church planting teams, uh, outreach to college students was always huge. Um, in our earliest days, probably a third of our congregation was college students. It's now shifted. Don't know if this is good or bad, but we're paying attention. It's now shifted to maybe one-fourth to one-fifth because we've grown in other areas. And so what used to happen, a college student would walk through the doors of a worship service at Artisan, and they would immediately say, this is a church for me. Now they walk through, and it kind of depends. Now that doesn't mean that's a 
bad thing or a good thing, but it's a different thing. And so we always use September as a way of reaching out to college students. It is a very unique window. Basically, one-twelfth of the year, college students will pay attention to something besides college or summer plans, and it's in September. And, uh, and so this year, we're going to be even more focused, in part because we've seen that shift. Uh, last year, when we went, I think it was before we went to two services, we had a giant influx of college students, and a lot of just sort of peeling off after that. Not sure if it's because we didn't have ways to connect them. It might have been because we were very jam-packed for sort of worship space. We might have been at two services then, but we didn't handle that incredibly well. Uh, in the past couple years, I think, our college series outreach has, has sort of been a hybrid where if a college student read what the title was, they would think it's for them. And if someone who wasn't a college student read what the title was, they wouldn't necessarily think it wasn't for them. We're going to be very unapologetic this year, though, and it's just straight-up college outreach. So if you're not a college student, you may wonder, why would I bother <laughs> coming here? Uh, well, one, they really need people who aren't them <laughs> to be involved in their lives that aren't just their immediate peers. Uh, our purpose for the series is to connect them to Christian community in part because really startling statistic, uh, 50% of high school students that were significantly involved in a church youth ministries, and in fact, we know that lots of students come from a youth ministry background. It's really a majority of, of teenagers in America. Now you're thinking, we don't have students here. That's right. <laughs> but they come to the colleges where we're a church at. And the churches they left, they better have someone like us here to be helpful. Because by Christmas of sophomore year, half of them are done. So there's a real need that we are going to address. And three ways we're going to do this. And then I'll give a chance for some more questions. Uh, we don't yet know. It's going to be a provocative message series. Don't quite have the theme nailed down, but that idea of by sophomore Christmas, their faith is essentially dead, kind of kick around the idea of a series called Dead by Christmas and talk about the different things that need to die or, sh- or sometimes die. You better be careful or they will die by Christmas of freshman year because kind of your family connection, usually you go back and they're different people. <laughs> you know, sophomore year, it could be your faith. Uh, junior year, who knows what. depends if you're a five-year student squeeze into four or not. And then, uh, so anyway, we're going to do something that uh, will not be tame. And Mike will uh, touch on some ways that will allow expansion upon that as well. Um, The other thing is during that time, we're changing up how we do our small groups. Last year, we started our small group um, first five-week run right in the midst of this. And instead, we're going to do taste of small group type stuff. Again, this is still sort of wet cement. Um, We haven't quite shaped it all yet. Um, but things that are small group-esque, but especially that allow some college students to connect across college campuses, but also to folks here at, at Artisan. And so you'll see some of those. So that's sort of the second thing we do. And then the final thing, or as part of this, there is some on-campus stuff. Uh, appreciate your prayers. We have uh, several campus ministries represented here. Um, Mark Weber, he's one of the two staff at at uh, RIT with InterVarsity, our chairperson of the leadership team, you voted him in, uh, Scott Ashley, is the staff person at SUNY Geneseo. And I happen to, and then we have a ton of uh, InterVarsity students from Eastman, RIT, uh, and elsewhere. And I'll be speaking at the Eastman InterVarsity meeting, big meeting, and also the Geneseo one. Uh, 
right in the midst of all this stuff. So there'll be lots of things going on with that. So uh, ways you can be involved, if you're not a college student, certainly be praying. Honestly, do not consider this a chance to take off a Sunday. That would be the worst thing you could do uh, because then it would create a false experience. We, we should all be here. Um, and if you know college students or that age range, whether they went to college or getting, have out in the workplace, whatever, be inviting. Um, some of you guys have, are empty nesters and have you know, adult children or friends or younger brothers and sisters, that, whatever. Um, so be praying, inviting, and be present uh, during that. Uh, if you're a college student, uh, I will be enlisting some of you guys here that, are, that happen to be in Rochester of ways we can creatively include what kind of connection events would make sense uh, for us to spearhead, whether we host it here or elsewhere. Um, so that, that's a huge one. I think last fall we probably had 50 to 60 college students come through the doors. Probably 20-ish of those landed here. Uh, so it's a, it's a significant window. Um, any questions about this part? So it's kind of our, our one-two punch for outreach. I'll get to punch two in a moment, but it's unique. Most churches don't really kind of get these things in gear till October. Who knows why? Uh, we're going to pour it on for college students. So any questions or comments about this stuff? Or even feedback, if you may have come by way of us doing this last year or two even, which would be interesting. Well, what you may be asking yourself is, how much more provocative could it possibly get? Um, I appreciate everything behind what you just asked there. Um, Do you need me to answer anything, or is just saying that good enough? Yeah. Yeah. We're we'll probably it's it's sort of like in Spinal Tap. We're more more, we're normally at ten, but it goes to eleven. Yeah. (laughs) So so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, great question, and what's in there? Rita. Do you guys have any connections out in Rockport? We do not, uh, though looking way down the road, not to tie us to anything, but uh, looking maybe two years ahead, one of the, one of the thoughts is sort of very much an idea to see if the time comes, is Geneseo and Brockport are about half-hour drive college towns, and... Um, as we multiply, and we'll talk about the next level of multiplication at the November gallery, um, but there's sort of an open secret right now that if you were here for Sunday's message, you got a hint of, you know, as we multiply to, say, downtown, then from there, we might do Geneseo and Brockport. So we don't. So what's, what else is behind your question, though? Well, I was just wondering, because that's my alma mater, and um, I have a lot of friends. Um, Go for it. Mm-hmm. I think Mike's played the uh, music for them back in the day. Cool. Suck them in. Yeah. And, and it, is, it is okay to say somewhat tentatively, I do this. I'm very guilty of saying things that kind of commit us to things that we haven't yet committed to. But to even say to those folks, we have a vision for things like Geneseo and Brockport having an artisan presence there, but it's a bit of a chicken and egg. We need we need folks who 
care about those places that are also connected to arson. And if you think that's helpful for the person and not scary, say that. If it's scary, keep it a secret and we'll spring it on them later. Yeah. So. Nope, there's not. Our, um, our main campuses that we've done really well at connecting with are RIT historically, though I would dare say that has slipped a little bit. Uh, we have aged. All our kind of hipster doofuses are now graduated, and all these nerds have, like, software jobs and all that stuff. Um, and they've, yeah, we, treat, we did something right, and, like, now they're getting married and stuff, and... That right there should attract more IT, RIT guys, just knowing that's even now an, a possibility. Um, so, uh, yeah, one, get rid of the neck beard. Two, um, here's Jesus, uh, or the other order. Uh, so uh, RIT has been real strong. Uh, I would say Eastman may have caught up and passed them. Roberts has been strong, but ebbs and flows. And sort of newly is the graduate stuff at, at U of R, and occasionally MCC. We used to have a chunk from Geneseo. They were kind of seniors. They graduated. We've never regained that. We're hoping that can change this year. So, um, and there's a smattering of St. John Fisher. I know Jody uh, Barrett came by way of there, kind of, and is connected there and some others. So, Other questions about this whole college outreach, college stuff here? Yes. Can I give you the microphone just because I can hear you, but I'm guessing no one else can? And you kind of just put it close to your chin and it'll pick you up. Yeah, so I just, I hear you guys talking about how we've got like people in Artisan who are representative of different campuses and how we're going to have this message series and how Scott and Mark are staffers, which is awesome. But I'd like to kind of do something like more than pray. Um, because I'm on campus, and I, I mean, I, but I also don't have the time to organize, like, to think. I just want to, like, be a pair of hands. You want to be told what to do. Yes, but I'm there, you know, like, I'm kind of wondering, is that, like, I would love if something like that was there, because I'd like us, I'd like our congregation to not just be here and be like, hey, thanks for coming on Sunday, we're really friendly, like, I'd like us to actually, like, because U of R, like, I, I, I mean, there's some of us grad students, and I... Yeah, and, and that's been part of our struggle that you're pointing out, and which is why we're doing some of this return to the roots stuff, I would say, is it was very natural and easy when we were a congregation of 50, 60, 80, even close to 100. We are now, uh, I mean, even during July, I think we've averaged like one, 110 or something. That's, for us, that's insane. Uh, you know, before Easter, we hit 160. Um, when you're at that size, it's not as natural for those things to happen. So I guess that's to say we're trying to figure out how to be intentional without being manipulative or, or just kind of slimy about stuff. And, and our, our allergic reaction to those things is so strong that, honestly, it sometimes keeps us from pushing through some of those things. But I think we're at a place where we're doing that. Uh, this is not until... The second or third Sunday in September, there will be some more work put together before that that will have needs for people to be hands. Not merely here, but I think on the campus, that's where some of the stuff has to happen. Um, but no, honestly, 
it's, we're just in time with doing some of this stuff. Um, we're getting better at that. But the church kind of keeps outgrowing the staff and the system's ability to, to kind of get ahead of it. <laughs> we're getting there, but that's one, of the, that's one of the needs. And so those who do have more time to give some thoughts and ideas, that may be something we do as well. But even then, you've got to often have one of the pastoral staff be a bottleneck on that, which is some of the, one of the other things we're trying to fix and correct. Um, anything else you have in mind with that? Um, so you're asking, will there be stuff that a person can just do that isn't just welcoming folks when they show up here? I think so, and I hope so. And I personally plan on working on that. And I know between now and September 13th or whatever, there's a pretty good chance it'll happen. But there's no guarantees because I, I don't know all the other things that life may throw us um, in the coming weeks. Uh, thank you, though. Anyone else on this before I move on to the last piece? Ming. Um, here, let me, since we made uh, Chrissy do that. And um, please enjoy Ming's rotisserie chicken. Uh, <laughs> uh, one thing I would like to... a family recipe. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I would like to just um, comment on is like the amount of young professionals here, which has been encouraging because I heard of Artisan through a person who doesn't go to Artisan, and she's like, you should totally go there. It's totally up your alley. And when I got here, there are so many young professionals here, and I've met another music therapy intern out here in our Ar- Who knew there was two of those in Rochester? Yeah, there, who knew there are two of those in Rochester? And I've been going, coming here steadily every week without fail. So cool. that's one thing that you guys are doing really well. Thanks. So we do well with reaching young urban professionals. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, Ming is, uh, he's one of our success stories. We found him on the street. No, um... <laughs> Leaving in two no, days, Ming, guys. very quickly, uh, very generous, uh, real servant's heart, jumped in on, on the keyboard, brings rotisserie chicken. You know, he's here with us through the summer. And you're heading off to uh, Texas here by the end of the summer, right? Yep, you two weeks. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so oh, we never let people go. We send them. So we'll do that. One last chance. It's not like Hotel California. You can... We, we send you. <laughs> All right. So this is really the series and the time of year that scares everyone else because it's such an influx of people. And uh, don't be scared because we'll have a way to handle some of that that we'll talk about in a moment. But really, the college outreach is, is the first of this one-two punch for outreach. Uh, the second is, and I don't even think we're doing a breather really in between this year. It's kind of unique uh, what we'll do. The, the second thing we do, or the, the second movement of this uh, fall outreach is, is neighborhood uh, focused. So if we had to do the bullseye thing, those who've gone through Journey Together, we talk about how we're focused but not exclusive. And if we had to have a bullseye, it's sort of that uh, 18 to 28-year-old guy. If you're a plus 40 woman, you're still in the, you're still in the target. So you know, you're okay. Um, but... Some of the things we do, particularly this time of year, are geared that way. Our college range, 18 to 22, without a doubt. 
The neighborhood stuff, though, is much more expansive and, and sort of figures those guys will either connect it or not, and now we can include other folks. We have done a, more generically just sort of community at large. When we moved here uh, two summers ago, we, uh, we determined that we were going to be a neighborhood church. And really, without knowing it at first, discovered how uniquely positioned we are. Uh, this property is, is literally the nexus of, of three different neighborhoods that come to a point right there. And we're surrounded by two or three others that are like a Tiger Woods driving shot away. So we're here in the Highland Park uh, neighborhood is this side of the street over through here. It used to be called Elwang or Berry, which I, I prefer, but whatever. Uh, Highland, Highland Park. Uh, right across the street there is Swilberg, which um, is a favorite of ours. Uh, right on this side of Field Street in Clinton is Upper Monroe. And then you have sort of at large or kind of expansive over there is South Wedge. There's a little pocket neighborhood that has own unique characteristics, Rockingham. It's a little neighborhood association group that's been doing some stuff here. And then, of course, Brighton is, over, is just over the hill there. And, and there's a unique thing we've been connected with is the Clinton um, Ave Merchants, which is its own unique subset uh, that I've been hanging out with occasionally as well. So really unique. Uh, and so, again, we're going to be even more focused. Just like we're going to be unapologetically college-based in September, we're going to be unapologetically neighborhood-centric, uh, almost to an extreme, as you'll see here. So, so the purpose for this, uh, the tagline of the series, Neighborhood Matters, is be more together. And we want to really just communicate to the neighborhoods around us that we are here for them, not the other way around. That we're here to be a blessing, that if we were to leave, they would cry crocodile tears because it, it would be such a loss because <laughs> God used us. So that's, that's our purpose there. And the theme that we're playing off of is uh, this great translation, the message, uh, Gospel of John, chapter 1. And it just says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. So that's what we're going to do for, uh, for this series. And the way this is going to work, uh, th- three components of this real quickly. Uh, one of our artists, uh, Sturz, who's uh, just really neat what God's doing in his life and how he's connecting here and his journey of faith. But he's been inspired to, uh, to do an art installation uh, called uh, Palavra, which is Portuguese for word, as Tilly, of course, knows, um, being Portuguese herself. And it's going to be an outdoor installation that will coincide with this. And as I've said before, it involves helium, wire, and small children. And it uh, should be a lot of fun. <laughs> and, uh, and then, here's what's going to be really unique. We are flipping the script, and you guys, uh, we've done bits of this before. When we only had one service, we did this a couple times. On Sunday, October 11th, all day, not even twice on Sunday, but probably three times on Sunday, we will not have a worship gathering happening. We may meet here, some folks may, but we are going to serve these neighborhoods. We're still forming the plans of this, but it'll be things like one resident in the surrounding neighborhood. We may do something to winterize that person's house. We're not going to like do a bunch of things. To, but we're going to do one. There might be a business down here in Clinton that needs something as simple as their windows cleaned, the paint scraped off it, just stuff that never quite gets done. The bathroom's clean. Whatever would free them up to just be successful at their business and then more so, that might be one of them. We may uh, 
so these are cumulative, perhaps. A not-for-profit, you know, SEEK is right here, Southeast Area Coalition. There's Swilberg has, has a not-for-profit neighborhood association with the park and other things. We may do some project with them. And uh, the Clinton Merchants Avenue, those things. So on that day, and again, I swear, if you're a member here, I don't need to say this because no one would do this, but say this was another church where people did this stuff. So help me, if you were a member here and you thought this was the day off, I would punch you in the throat when you came back the next week. <laughs> so uh, I'm just saying. So this kicks off this series. Hear me, this is not the prequel. This isn't the thing that we sort of do and then the series starts the next week. If you are going to invite a new person to experience artisan, I can think of nothing better for them to come and do something that's meaningful. Whether they believe in Jesus or Buddha or karma or chameleons or whatever the thing is, <laughs> show up with them at that. And I tell you what, the gospel will actually be meaningful to them in the coming weeks, big time. So that's the, uh, the second component. And then the third one is something that we do fairly well, but notice that it's the other ones are there first. Is we'll do a message series that is themed to the neighborhoods. Uh, and it will include some special guests. We are, we are focusing this down a little bit. We have a few, few ways of going about this. But each Sunday will be a neighborhood theme. For instance, and they'll be biblical. It's not like we're throwing out the Bible. We're not going to do that. They'll all be just tightly integrated. Swilberg, incredibly diverse. Somali refugees, uh, people who are getting rid of the, the suburban lifestyle, moving back to the city, um, people who, who have to rent because they can't afford anything else, people who are buying starter homes, people, people who are landlords who own multiple properties. Uh, almost all the ethnicities in Rochester are somewhat represented here in Swilberg. So the idea of how diverse that every tongue and tribe is represented there, that would be a really cool message to do. And to then invite one of the folks who's connected to Swilberg to be a special, like a mini interview or something like that. So Swilberg is, without a doubt, will be one of the ones we do. Uh, the Clinton Merchants Association, we might do something con- connect with them, kind of the business of community and how that actually matters to, to uh, patronize, um, but not in a condescending way, the businesses. Uh, and, uh, you know, Highland Park, uh, creation care in an urban setting. That'd be an interesting one, huh? So we're still putting those together, and that's how that will go. So, neighborhood matters, be more together. Uh, Those are the things that will happen. And that is the closing piece, the bookend to our huge outreach uh, stuff. Um, uh, Let me say one more thing. That all-day serving is going to serve another purpose in that the college series, sort of the big application, if you will, will be to go do something. We're going to get them coming and going, literally. So uh, it's going to be... And so my anticipation for that serving Sunday is we should have 150 to 200 people uh, serving throughout that day. Um, All right? So any questions about that before uh, I uh, give a lateral to Mike here in 10 minutes or so? Yes, Morgan. Um, Let's keep doing the microphone because that was actually helpful. And maybe someone would be a a microphone monkey that would run this around for us. That That would be lovely. Uh, one of our RIT, almost there. The neck beard's gone. Dating. Microphone monkey. <laughs> Thank you, Elliot. <laughs> Elliot never had a neck beard. 
He kind of did. He couldn't grow one. <laughs> so, so, no, no, no. It's all right. Anna fixed him up. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to make a comment about how important the Neighborhood Matters series is going to be because I would not have found this church without that type of reach out going on. Um, I used to live across the street. I just moved um, about six months ago. But prior to that, I lived literally across the street for two years. And um, it was my favorite on Sunday being able to wake up and walk to church and know that I was going to be greeted with a smile, a hug, you know, sometimes something to eat, (laughs) Um, you know. And... um, it kind of ties in with um, the college theme, too. Even though I'm done with school now, um, I started coming when we were still just one service. So it is so important, the things we do here. And, you know, everyone who's here knows that and whatnot. But with the reach out that we're going to be doing this coming fall, it just it touches people because it is beginning to be that part of time where, you know, it's coming up on holidays and, you know, Maybe they're away from home. They can't get home, you know. Some of the Eastman kids I know are, they're from far away. They're from Cali. They're from Alaska, you know. So they can't necessarily, you know, just drive in the car home. And um, I know that it's been really touching to me to know that um, during Thanksgiving, you know, if you can't get home, you know, I've been invited to people's homes for meals, you know, and it's just really special what we have going on here, and I just want to, you know, put it in everybody's hearts to keep on doing that because we are doing good things, and it is important and special. And even if we may not see it firsthand automatically, you know, that we're making a difference, you really are, and I'm a testament to that. So right. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Yeah, it's worth, worth continuing to share huh, with others. Other questions or comments or things? Because this is going to be a lot of heavy lifting. It really is. Uh, um, and not merely physically. This is a, this is a spiritual warfare issue. Uh, it's an emotional, it, you know, it's draining for the staff, to be honest. It's, uh, you know, speaking, the speaking schedule kicks up in some ways. The music stuff kicks up in a lot of ways. Uh, the small groups, just all kinds of stuff happens there, but it's such a precious window that it's worth doing that. Um, so, other comments or questions? Got plenty. We've got time. We're we're not short for time. All right. Cool. Well, then. Uh, I will give the remainder of my time to the, to the good sir from, uh, from Victor here. Uh, so Mike's going to come up, and there'll be plenty of time for Q&A with Mike's stuff too, and all these things will kind of, he is uh, going to bring it all together. Yes. So uh, I am going to uh, unplug here, and then... Uh, Yeah? What's that? I need to tip this up here? You mean like that, Cranfield? Okay. I'm not used to these things. 
If, if I was doing like the, uh, the Garth Brooks worship, I'd probably wear one of these all the time. But I don't, I don't do that. Nor, nor am I Madonna. So, no, I was going to make some Matt Foley joke about being here to be a mo- motivational speaker. But I'm not going to. Instead, I'm going to d- use a visual aid. Do you guys mind a visual aid? No. By the way, we're recording this for podcasts for some of our members who couldn't be here. So, Elliot, do you have the microphone? Can you turn it on? Cool. Now, for those who can't be here, everybody, would you say hi to the people on the podcast? Hi. Okay. That was fun. So, um, as Jason mentioned, last fall, we had... Uh, we had more people than we could shake a stick at uh, come through our doors. We had, we had Sunday mornings where there were 120 people in this room. And, and it was darn near frightening. Uh, for, for those of you who require elbow room, like me, um, we had way more people than we were comfortable with. Now, why would we possibly entertain the idea of doing that again this fall if we didn't have a plan. But we have a plan. And I think you may have heard some rumors about it. Here's our visual aid. Okay? Last year, we had one morning service. It was our new thing. Okay? And what do you do when you start a new service? You do everything possible to fill your chairs with buns. (laughs) So, we busted our buns to fill, our, to fill our service with buns, right? And what happened? It fell off. We had so many buns that we didn't have enough room for all the buns. Now that's no good. So, as a leadership team, we freaked out. We said, we have so many buns and such a small plate. What do we do? What do we do with this? We decided... What's that? Cut the, buns. Cut the buns. Well, that's kind of mean. <laughs> um, we don't, yeah, we don't want to be cutting bodies in half. Um, but we, we were presented with, with what a lot of growing churches are presented with. How do you grow? We, can, we, we have a room that sits about 90 people comfortably. We could, we could I'm just going to put these on the floor. You're interfering with my visual aid. Okay, we could either make this room much bigger at the cost of, I don't know, half a million dollars? Sure. Maybe. And, and spend, I don't know, the next 10 to 15 years digging ourselves out of that hole. Um, or we could use this space better. And the way we decided to do that was instead of building one room and cramming a bunch of people into it, we're going to use the room twice. So we have morning and evening. We're in the same boat again. We had tons of people in the morning. We had lots of butts, and our seat wasn't big enough. So instead of investing in the $500,000 massive gold, silver plate, which is going to fit all the buns, am I correct? Look at those buns. Those are happy buns. They're happy, very broke buns. We decided to divide our plate in two. Now look at this. We have plenty of room for all the buns. 
visual aid. Thank you. Thank you. As you're looking at that, I'm going to explain to you what we're going to do. Um, as a leadership team, we decided that the best way to steward this building was to use it more than twice. And the best place to put another service, a third service, would be in the morning. Um, that was the one that we were just absolutely inundated with. It's less, it was less than a year old at that point and, and was just busting at the seams. Because in western New York, in the New England area, this Sunday morning is when people go to church. It's natural. You, even if you don't, even if you're not a church-going person, you're probably near a church, around a church, stuck in traffic behind church people. You, you go to, you want your Sunday brunch, but you can't get a table because of all these friggin' church people. You know, like, you know when church happens. It happens Sunday morning. So it's very easy to just make another service. That makes most sense. So what we're going to do is we're going to start putting some buns at 9 o'clock. And then we're going to move the 10 o'clock buns to 11. Okay? 9 o'clock buns, 11 o'clock buns. And everybody will be happy. No. Um, what we're going to wind up doing is we're going to expand to have a 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock service. They will essentially be about the same thing presentation-wise. But they will, they will obviously have different people. There will be different groups of people. Um, and it will be... How many people were here last year when we started the morning service? Okay. Remember how we kind of had to seed that a little bit? Kind of had to prep it. We had to start it with some people. We're going to do the same thing again this time. It's very much like starting another service. Because it is. So, 9 o'clock service and 11 o'clock service. Let me start there. Are there any questions about that? Because I, I just blitzed through that. And I can... Cranfield. Uh, microphone for the podcast. So there's no more service at 10? Um, if you come at 10, you'll catch the tail end of the 9, and you'll be a little early for the 11. So, yes. <laughs> a hole in the bun? Hmm. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Well, I can, in a few minutes, I'll tell you where, the, where the, 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 uh, the, the bun holes will be hanging out. So you can hang out there, Tyler and everyone who was thinking it. Um, are, th- are there any actual questions? <laughs> you guys are so much fun. Yes. Um, my buns still like the 5 o'clock service. <laughs> Fantastic. I will let you know what's happening there. The 5 o'clock service will remain. We're not, we're not going from a 2 service 10 and 5 to a 2 service 9 11. We're going to 3 services. I love these questions. I have two questions. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry. How... How does it affect, I know some people like coming here because of the food. Mm-hmm. So how does that affect the food service? <laughs> and then the other thing is, how does it affect the, the bands? Boy, um, it's like I gave you the questions I wanted you to ask. Uh, did you get the, the check, by the way? That, that was very subtle. 
Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, it's cash in envelope for asking the right questions. Um, okay, first one is food. Um, we're still working that out. One of the things, one of the things that, uh, as a staff, we were discussing yesterday was we want to find a way to make the 9 o'clock service special. And we don't want it to be special because, just because, this, this is the new service. When we started the morning service and all we had was the evening, we, we went, you know, we got real yatta-da-da-da about the morning service. We wanted to make it very, very special. We're going to do the same thing this time with the 9 o'clock. One of the ideas that we've had is um, that 9 o'clock, uh, you know, it's like the breakfast club. And when people walk in, all the pastries are very fresh and they're beautiful and they don't have like half a day's condensation on them. You know, the coffee's very fresh. And then, you know, the seconds go to the 11 o'clock. Um, we're, we're still working out the details on that. Um, the hope is, and this is going to segue into num- question number two, is that it doesn't necessarily require people to be here so much earlier. You know, we're staggering the service from 10 a.m. to 9 and 11. That doesn't necessarily mean that if you were he- getting here at 8 o'clock for the 10 o'clock service because you're staffing it, you're, uh, you're in the band, you're uh, setting up refreshments, that you now need to get here an hour earlier. Because I will not be here an hour earlier. You know, if you need to dock my pay, you can. I will not be here at 7 o'clock. Um, I'm still going to bed at 7 o'clock. Um, but to segue into the band thing, you will, um, what it's going to mean for the morning bands, we'll talk more about this in a couple of weeks when we have the cookout, um, is that the Sunday morning prep time that we sometimes lean on uh, from 8.30 to 9.30 will obviously not be happening. I'm still going to, uh, and I don't want people to get here at 7.30 so that we can have that time. I'd rather people still get here at 8.30, just literally 8.30, not 8.31, not 8.40, not I slept through my alarm, Cranfill, like that kind of stuff. I didn't say it was. Uh, it's more he could take it. Um, you know, it's 8.30. We come in, we do a quick line check like we were playing a club, make sure everything's set. Nine o'clock we go. So that, you know, so that musicians who are probably out late Saturday night gigging or doing other things don't have to be here at, to plug in the sun. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Sweet. Other questions about 9 or 11 o'clock? Fantastic. Just one added thing about the, about the 9 11 o'clock. We're suspecting that the 11 o'clock is going to kind of be the sweet spot. That, um, that most people, um, I, gr- I grew up going to church on Sunday morning. And, you know, the, at the church I went to, there was like a 5.30, a 7. It, it was just services all morning. And we went to the 11 o'clock one because it was the last one and nobody wanted to get up. Like, I'm assuming that the 11 o'clock service will, be, will probably still be fully populated. So... Again, we're going to put the push to put buns, at least a few, to kind of front load the 9 o'clock service and get it, get it ready to roll. Um, enough, on the, enough on the mornings? Sweet. Okay. Because now I pull out visual aid number two, my spot and optimizer. That's been sitting in my pocket for like 
40 minutes. That's not cool. Can you put that slide up on the screen? Artisan Church, 5 p.m. We're going to try an experiment. Artisan Church at 5 p.m. is going to shift a little bit to the grown-up side of things. Now, the moment you see that, that M for mature, how many people see video games? Good. How many people see TV ratings? All right, that's okay. That's good. I just wanted to check that. Because what I don't want people to think, I'll tell you what I don't want you to think, then I'll tell you what to think. I don't want you to see that and say, oh, this is just an excuse for Jason to say cuss words in his sermon. Okay? It is, but it's so much more than that. Okay? Hear me out on this. When, when, I, th- when, when I personally think about Artisan, and I think about the people that I want to reach at Artisan... I think about the guys that that play in the other bands that Violet Mary plays with. I mean, these just tattooed, freaky guys who are the nicest people in the world when you get to know them, who have very interesting lives, and who would desperately love to have a spiritual conversation with you. I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations over Spot and Optimizer after a set at a gig. They're never, ever, ever going to come to a normal church service, but they're in our bullseye. So how do we, how do we get them? One of the ways is, is to be ourselves. You know, when I'm at a club, I'm myself. I'm still, I'm very clear, I'm a pastor of a church, but I'm also drinking a beer with you at one o'clock in the morning talking about spirituality. Why can't we do that here? Artisan 5 p.m., rated M for mature, is going to look at things from a little bit more of an adult perspective. It's a content thing. It's not, it's not a, a cuss word thing. Um, this is going to be the kind of service where um, it would not be uncommon to have people talk back at you while you're having a sermon. It would not be uncommon to have times of of discussion. It would not be uncommon to have times of absolute silence. It would not be uncommon to have a service day where the mornings, and, and this is not at all to be pejorative about the morning service at all, where the morning service says, we're going to, we're going to help or we're going to work on um, the cinema at the corner. And the evening service says, we're going to go to the old railroad or the old subway beds and give blankets to drugged out homeless people because it's a grown-up service and you have a little more leeway to do that. Uh, What that does mean is um, that the, the content geared more towards people probably 13 years and up may need to be talked about a little bit more if you're going to bring children which is okay. When we were talking about it in staff meeting, I was, you know, th- this is kind of, I'm a little geared up about this. This is the kind of thing I'd want to take my girls to. I'd want them to have to interact with some of these, some of these different forms of church, and I'd want them to see it as normal. And I'd want them to ask questions, and I'd want to work with them in service with this kind of thing. What it's going to do is it's going to really push on our parents the same thing that we've, that we've talked about for years. 
that we want children to be worshiping with their parents. This would not be a service where you'd want your kids to, to, to run amok. Because, just the same as you would not want your kids to run amok um, in the movie premiere of The Sopranos. Because they're going to get confused. It may be a little weird. It may be a little off-putting for the people in attendance. It may also be a little awkward for you. Is, this is going to be a risky service. Like the morning service, is going to be an experiment. And, and we're going to evaluate it at the, end of, at the end of November, around Thanksgiving time. There will be another gallery in November and several leadership team meetings before then. And we'll, we'll decide whether or not this is something we're comfortable with. But one of, one of the risks that we take as we grow bigger is to grow comfortable. We, we, we run the risk of being so happy with what we're doing that we, that we are unwilling to sacrifice it. And, it. and at least for me, this is going to be the kind of, like, as I said, I'm kind of keyed up about this. Um, I'm more than willing to sacrifice it. Because if I can have a conversation with John Edelman where, where he's a morning guy, he plays drums, he's got a nose ring, he's friggin' awesome. Because he looked at, for example, I turned to John this, this past Sunday and I said, John, we're running a little late, should we, pl- should we play the last song? He looks at me, he's been playing at our church for nine months, he's so connected He's really building good friendships. He's, asking questions. he's asked questions about Jesus. He's evaluated one of Jason's sermons. He looks at me and he goes, F it, I don't care. Look right up there. And he, most churches, he'd probably be shown the door for using that kind of language on the stage. I want him there all the time. I want 10 of him up here all the time. So, that's... That's the initial pitch, okay? The leadership team still uh, reserves the, the right to make changes, and, you know, this is, this is still very experimental. It's experimental language, so there are, lots, there are lots of things to adjust, and I'm sure there will be a ton of questions on this. Lisa, go for it. Um, will the sermon topics be different for the 5 p.m. then, or will you be using the same topics but different content? Will the sermon topics be different? Uh, that's a good question. Um, no, the sermon topics will not be different. Um, one of the things that we're trying to do, we're trying to do the Barack Obama thing. We want universal health care, but we don't want to increase our debt load. We, we want to be freaky, but we don't want to increase our workload. Um, the, the sermon topics will not be different. Chances are the sermon, the, the FaceTime talking head um, will be shorter on a regular basis, the, um, which uh, both Jason and Scott have said is actually easy to do in the evening because you've preached your sermon a couple times, you've, uh, you've rehearsed it even more times. By the time you get to the evening, it's really easy to, to mold it even more, to trim the fat. Um, the sermon time will most likely be shorter regularly because there will be built in almost every week some form of discussion, response, interaction as, as part of that block. So the topics probably won't change. Um, the delivery may change. 
and the hope is that it doesn't, uh, does not increase the workload of Jason and Scott and Anna to a slight extent, and, and my hope is to never have to preach. <laughs> does that get to your question? Sweet. And there was much hugging over the fact that I don't have to preach. Okay. Uh, other questions? Up front. You brought a beer bottle. Can we bring beer? The Spot and Optimizer is, is a lovely beer. What, what I want to say about beer is this. I don't, I don't want to flaunt this. There, there are definitely, like, there, there are people who do not consume alcohol of any sort because of their conviction, and that's very, very good. And that is not intended to mock any sort of thing. Um, I got this from our fridge. Uh, we have brewed beer in our closet. Ben and Rita had beer at their wedding that was brewed here in this building in that closet. Um, every Super Bowl party, it's the undocumented feature, and I tend to be the bartender. Um, so it, one of the things, by, by not avoiding this kind of thing, as a church, we get the opportunity to teach um, a tempered way of handling things that, uh, that would be somewhat culturally neutral. So all that to say, if, if you've got one, go for it. That's okay. Other questions? Seriously? Yes. Wow. I, th- I honestly... Oh, there's one in the back. Sweet. I'm so glad you guys are so uh, forgiving of the idea. <laughs> so one of the things that I noticed is that we are increasing an extra service, which mm-hmm. means we're going to have more people, mm-hmm. which means... Um, I guess my question is, what is the strategy for integrating the people into the, the community? Um, small groups. I, I just, I, I want to make sure that we care for the people that we're intentionally reaching out to once they come through our doors. So, that I have to hear an, that from you. That is an awesome question. You did use the word strategy, so I may speak, speak a little bit to this and then hand, have that microphone handed to Jason because he plays Stratego for fun. Um, but one, one of the, yeah, just like we want to make sure we have enough room for all of our buns, we, we also don't want to invite people to, to a place that isn't ready for them. Um, uh, Jason often says, the only way that, that this church won't grow is if we're really mean or we just suck at what we do. And being unprepared to handle new people would be mean and sucking at what we do. So Jason can actually add meat. Yeah, in fact, one of the reasons, um, before we went to two services, we wanted to make sure we had the small groups piece in place because we knew that was going to be a need. And so that actually is very healthy overall, the small group kind of rhythms in in what we know to expect and, and those things. So that will be a main place that that takes that that connects folks is in the small group experiences it's really it's kind of weird a lot of our groups tend to f- land half and half where it's half evening service half morning service folks that are in the groups and I, I suspect those will kind of continue uh, our guilds 
that may be something, again, if, we, if we've got time to get to it, and just being honest here, there's, there's a, a list of priorities, and we just keep whittling away at them as, as we're able to. But after this whole season, we may do a little two-parter on, uh, on our guilds, the Create and Serve. And our guilds may become another place where that can happen even more intentionally, because it happened very naturally early on, and now it has its own kind of pieces that, that need to be worked out. A little bit what we're going to test with the college students also connecting, uh, maybe some, some elements that we use beyond just college students. Uh, but yeah, we are not only, we're fully aware, we think the small group, we think groups and guilds are two of the places where the connection beyond just the individual worship service happens. We think those are places that, that can happen. And we, and we have a system, you know, functional already, and that seems to get better with time. More questions? Um, specifically with the, the um, small groups, is there going to be a, a, an increase in the small groups as well? Like the number of them or the frequency of them? Is that in the plans or is it just... Uh, I'm not sure. The, the small group model, we, we, um, at our leadership team retreat, we've, uh, we confessed that that like many traditional church things, we're allergic to most of it. Um, small groups being one of those things that tends to make us a little twitchy. Um, but that we're starting to get to the size where, where some form, um, you know, some, some form of small groups beyond the uh, connection groups and the growth groups may need to happen. Um, Jason said the, the, the five-week, right now we've been running groups on five-week sections, usually two or three in each semester, fall and spring. Um, we'll, probably, we'll probably be playing with that time length. Um, when we went to seminary, we got the five-week thing based upon our seminary schooling. They, they had some courses that were 15 weeks the whole semester, and then some electives that were five weeks. What we may start doing is incorporating the 15-week track for anything from locality to affinity to age group. Um, but, yeah, Jason said that the, the financial piece is one of the longer ones. Um, what's that? 91 days. It's 91 days. It's, it's pretty hardcore. Um, does that get to your question? Yeah. Okay. Other questions? All right, Sarah Pierce. I hate microphones. Um, when is this all going to start, like the change of the services? And... When is it all going to start? When I make concert posters, I make the coolest concert posters in the world, and I traditionally leave the date off just because I'm so happy with the design. Um, I did it here, too. Uh, so thrilled with the bun thing. Um, <laughs> This is going to start at the beginning of the college series, um, September 13th. Is that the... Uh, but we very well may be pre-flighting the evening experiment uh, the week before, which on the Engage Culture Week, what it, um, that topic may lend itself to an, a slightly more unbridled discussion in the evening. Um, and so we, we're going to allow room for that too. So... That one may kind of start a little earlier, just naturally. But the kickoff date for three services, 
and that's five, so let's subtract two. The kickoff for three services is, um, is September 13th. Any other questions? Because I just want to let you guys know my slot went to 11.15, so I have 25 minutes. I can show you family photos and vacation pictures. Whatever. Nobody's counting. No more questions. Okay, sweet. Um, then here's how I want to wrap up. Um, like we did with the, when we started the morning service, we had some poster board up here, and we had colored sticker dots. And we asked people to, to go up to the poster board. One said 10 o'clock a.m., one said 5 p.m., and to either put a green sticker, a yellow sticker, or a red sticker. One on each chart, one on each piece of poster board. So we kind of get a feel for um, who's interested in being part of the startup for the morning service and who is going to stay at, stay at the 5 o'clock service to keep that going. Um, our goal was to get 25 people as part of the morning service to start the thing off. And I think we started with more than that. Um, what am I stepping on? There we go. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to do the same thing with the 9 o'clock service, um, except I'm raising the bar, okay? It's not just enough to put a dot on a piece of poster board. A dot is not personal. Um, I can't tell people's dots apart. They all kind of look the same. And it's poster board that's going to be thrown out once we, once we see what we've got. No, no, no. You're going to trace your hand on the wall. Outside, um, in the hallway, you'll see three signs, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and 5 o'clock. And you will see examples of handprints that have been traced with initials in them. Um, There are just over 40 people here. There will probably be just under 100 handprints on that wall. There are markers out there. The markers are green, blue, and red. A green marker is for the, the people who are really gung-ho. So if I'm really gung-ho, like this 9 o'clock service, I want to see this happen. I'm going to stop going to 5 o'clock, and I'm going to start going to 9 o'clock for this season. I'm going to go out there, grab the green marker, and trace my hand underneath that sign, put my initials right in it. I'm going to own that. If, if I'm one of those people who says, you know what, I'm going to get freaky every Sunday night at 5 o'clock. Then I'm going to... $240. We have some freak membership people here. I'm going to take my hand and put it on 5 o'clock, trace it green, put my initials in it. If the thought of getting freaky on a, Friday, on a Sunday night is just abhorrent. I'm going to put a red hand right on it. It is just good to be honest. The blue marker, we, we all know what the green marker signifies, right? Green marker is woohoo. Um, the red marker is nope. Either, either no, not interested, or can't. Also appropriate. The blue marker is the kind of I can go either way. Um, it is completely appropriate to say, you know what, I'm a, morning, I'm a morning service person, 
And if you need me at 9 o'clock to help build that sucker up, great, I'll be there. Um, If you need me at the 11 o'clock service to help keep that going, great, I'll be there. If it's one of those, use the blue marker. No matter what you do, though, you have to put your initials in it. You have to own it. This is is the the most vital part. Um, Jason was talking a little bit about evangelism, about going out and, and serving people, but also serving people on behalf of the church. Um, and, and, you know, that kind of gets us a little squeamish. That makes us a little, a little antsy because we kind of feel like we're selling some, but we're selling it. We're, we're com- um, turning Jesus into a commodity. We're trying to put buns in the seats. Um, but seriously, when I make a phone call on behalf of my band to get a gig, it is effortless because I know I play with the greatest people on the planet. I love the music. I'm, ex- I'm enthused about it. And I don't care if they say no. Like, I just love it. That's the kind of passion we're looking for. And we're all members here. We've all said that this is our church. That's the kind of crazy, stupid passion that, that we're talking about. That's why I want you to put your initials in the hands. Because when we see my initials put up on the 5 o'clock freak hour, you guys can know that I'm going crazy about that time. That I'm going to be there. I'm going to be helping out. I'm going to be telling people about it. I'm going to be excited about it. And that when we see Mel's hand, my lovely wife Mel, who's going to be up at the 9 a.m. service every week going crazy and stabbing me with a fork... When, when, when you see that name up there, you know that your hand right next to it, you're going to have people serving right along with, who, with you who are pumped. One last thing. Everybody knows what their preference is. You all know which service you like and which you don't. So I don't care if there are any blue hands up there. There are going to be a lot of green and red hands please voice your opinion. Own, own something. Because you're going you're gonna to be at one of them. And, and we, we set a really high bar for membership here. We expect a lot. Because if you're not, not going to go crazy with it, why bother? Go big or don't, or go home. Is that what you said? Yeah, I usually, it's go big or don't go for me. You know? Yeah. That's, that's Janine. Who else is go big or don't go? Who else wants to admit that? No, J- Jason's kind of a, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to it. So here's the deal. I want you to take a second in your own head, and I want you to just say 9, 11, 5. And whichever one kind of goes, ah, that's your green hand. Think about it now. Okay. And if one of them made you kind of like, like your intestines kind of turned a little bit, that's your red hand. Okay? Right now, I want you guys to head out to the hallway. Every single person can do this. Special needs question. You only have one hand. Someone can trace it for you. No. So, 
Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to edit that out of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Sunday night comment. Go for it. Okay. And I'm part of the Sunday night freakout clan. So I just need to know, am I supposed... <laughs> I just need to know... Am I supposed to put my green hand on five? Yeah, okay, I'm doing that. But I'm feeling if you need me, I want to be able to serve for you. Should I be putting my blue hand on nine and 11 too? Yes, that is exactly the way it would roll. Okay. Um, no, there should be one green and one red. That is a guarantee. The blue. Well, okay, yeah. But, but for most people, it's going to be a red or a green. Um, I, would, I think that you can do a maximum of three hands. Let's do that. No, if, if, if you're absolutely, I'm only going to go to the 11 o'clock service, and I'm not going to go to the other one, just any of the other ones. Just do a green hand and a red hand. But don't do more than three, because, that, because you're kind of committing yourself you're kind of saying, I'm going to be excited and willing to help, and you'll be here the whole day for like a year. Oh my God, you're so complicating this. You're missing the metaphor, people. No. Yes, let's do it that way. One on each. This has been the Artisan Church Podcast. To receive future podcasts, go to www.artisanchurch.com slash podcast or subscribe on iTunes. Thank you for listening.